0: Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep Dive.
1: Martin, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Welcome back to the Cash Flow Contractor. Yeah, you, too. Um, you too. Excited to talk about org charts today. I'm sure
0: everybody's excited to talk about org charts. It's today. one
1: of the most exciting things you can do as it a is. contractor. Once you know what it can do for you, it's <laughs> not if you don't. That's right. I think uh, it definitely is something that helps with stress, time, and money for contractors. Uh, So I'm excited to go through it. We're going to be talking today about what an org chart is, also what it is not, why it matters, and how you create one, how you actually use it. so lots to go through today, let's just right. jump in.
0: Well, start off with, we're calling it an org chart, O-R-G, but it's an organizational chart. Correct. Which I presume maybe everybody knew, but it's not safe to presume all the time. Yeah,
1: you know what they say about assuming. Makes sense out of you and me. <laughs> yeah. I like to use yeah. that with the kids I coach, so. <laughs> do they get it? They do, I ask. You know what they say about assuming, and I don't have to say it, they say it, so yeah. I don't, well, they got I don't it, look and bad and coaching. I, so they got good spelling teachers. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, going into it. What does an actual org chart do for you? You know, for me, I see it as really the ultimate expression of a vision for your company. Uh, you're got to have a roadmap if you have a road, if you have an org chart and it's going to be basically your business plan made visual in my opinion. Um, and, but it does a lot more than that. It's not just a bunch of boxes for roles for your company. What else does it have on there?
0: Well, it, it, um, I think maybe a first look at why people don't have one, uh, and you're touching on the first reason. They don't know why it's important, so they don't know why it matters. Second reason is they don't know how to put one together. Um, And the third reason is that when you build an org chart, a lot of companies tend to build them according to individual people. Mm. So in other words, they have Wanda in the office who's a receptionist, but she also is their freight clerk. She also does the invoicing, and occasionally she does deliveries or purchasing. So they have a position on their org chart for whatever I just said, receptionist, purchasing, freight Freight assistant, (laughs) invoicer. And that is not um, a proper use or proper way to build an org chart because if you did that, you're designing your company around people and the current skills of the people that you have right now. And that's probably the main reason people don't, um, have one charts and they don't see the use to overcome the effort of trying to build one yeah. and then if they do try to build one they build it around people Right. Uh, second reason well, I guess it's the fourth reason but uh, another reason besides designing it around people is when you take a piece of paper and you put somebody above somebody else and yep. you put Bob above Frank, and Bob, Bob kind of is above Frank, but you haven't really told to Frank, Frank that. And Frank's a little upset and about that. Bob doesn't exactly know that, and then you put it on a, an org chart and you show it in the conference room. Well, oh, Bob's going to be kind of ticked off. What do I do? I'm not talking that SOB. So, <laughs> so unclear relationships. Uh, so there are a lot of reasons people don't do it and mm-hmm. don't do it right, um, but I think you're touching on the questions of, why doesn't matter what will you use it for
1: right And
0: that o- to overcome
1: uh, yeah, those difficulties. I think also people see it as mainly just an HR tool and it's so much more than that. They think of it as oh, I need to use this to just bring clarity to who is on my team and how they work. Right. And that's sure that that it can be used for that and it should be used for that, but it's a lot more than that. It helps you make planning decisions. it helps you to, make hiring decisions, firing decisions, growth opportunities, um, you know, helps you to f- figure out your systems for your company, so much more than that. And it really shouldn't just sit on a, sh- on a shelf. It should be a living, no, breathing thing.
0: I've got a good story of uh, some clients about a month ago, I guess. Uh, they're in a different state, but there are two men who basically run the company. One's, um, they're partners in the company. One's kind of head of production and, and computer they do design work, designing stuff and they're producing what he designs. The other guy is kind of the CEO. Right. They don't really even have that in their well they do now, but they didn't have that in their chart. And there was a the difficulty. You got a couple of partners who's CEO, who's not. Right. Or you got co CEOs. So you have to figure those things out because that potential conflict is there whether you figured it out or not. So mm-hmm. you get it taken care of. But but these two guys, uh, when we meet, their eyes are usually half closed because mm-hmm. they're exhausted. I asked them one time, am I helping you guys? Because they weren't necessarily doing everything we talked about, because they're overwhelmed with work. And they said, oh yeah, this is the only time we ever get to actually sit down and talk <laughs> to somebody. I said, well, I'm all about sitting down and taking a, an hour-long break, but we also got to come out of here and do something. Right. So specifically how they use their org chart, they had, when we first started, created an org chart. One of the men does uh, engineering and computer work. Right. Um, that's it and then he also manages production so he's and those are different functions I mean the ones in the office and it's very technical and you need skilled uh, yeah well they're they're all skilled but you need computer skills and be able to recognize that what you design will actually work or not and then out in production it's uh, making sure that the materials there and that the parts get cut and that they get assembled and then you go down to the end of the shop and there's a whole bunch of stuff sitting there and it's sitting there because they forgot to order one thing that needs to go in every piece so it's slide over and they're waiting for that one piece then they go to ship the stuff out and they're looking for it and they find most of these boxes and they order, order, uh, uh parts and materials that they're shipping out but there's one part missing because mm-hmm. it came through late and it went over there because it was in anyway it, it's general chaos so one guy was doing the computers and trying to take care of the general chaos in the shop the other guy was in charge of, of being Functioning as a CEO is paying the bills, and but he's also doing sales. sales. He's also a project yeah. manager. Uh, he's also trying to develop products and processes for the future. So, anyway, yeah, these two guys, and doing all these functions, and they have 24 people total working there, and the other people are out. Good, good people, but they're just doing something. Yeah, you know, there I do this. I put this part on that part and push it to the next station. So. In response to their half-shuttered eyes whenever we meet and their exhaustion, they're growing like crazy, uh, their exhaustion said, you guys need help. And so as we sat and discussed uh, what would work best, we looked at the org chart. Yep. And we said, well, I won't use anybody's name, but we'll use Bob and Bill. I said, Bob, on this org chart, what have, what are you doing? He said, well, this is ostensibly me as computer software and engineering, but I'm also acting as the uh, uh, shop manager, and I'm also acting as the freight clerk, and I'm also taking these phone calls, and I say, Bob, whichever one, I don't know, Bob or Bill. Anyway, I tell you the second guy, what are you doing? Well, I'm having to take care of the banking. I'm having to collect accounts receivable. I do the invoicing, uh, but I've also got to design parts. I sell stuff. I bid stuff. Yep. Uh, I become a project manager on about half the stuff. They do Payroll, two categories. all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, he has somebody who actually does it, but he's in charge of it. Right. But a lot of the things, he actually does it. The bid doesn't go out unless he sits down mm-hmm. and does it. So I say, so you've got bidding, you've got uh, project management, you've got accounts payable, and, and all these functions. So as we looked at their org chart, we had positions for those. us say, which of these positions, if one of you didn't have to do it, would free up the most of your time. Mm -hmm. And we decided on a software, won't go into why, but we decided, man, if we could do that, that would free up Bill to be more on production and coordination and things would go a lot better. Well, it turned out after looking at a specialized software, we really couldn't find anybody, uh, or
1: not not quickly. uh, not, not in a matter of three or four. My software. Sorry, you mean someone to manage the software? Many, yeah, they're not it. writing software. It's, yeah. But
0: somebody, it's it's they something that software. I don't know how to yeah. use, and you can get a college degree in it and come over and be real good at it. Sure. You could learn it by doing it. But it, at any at any rate, our first choice was let's let's replace that function and free you up to go pay more attention to production. Mm-hmm. We couldn't find such a person, so we looked at the at the chart and said, "What next?" Well, we have a production manager. Role And I am, in fact, that person. Sure. I say, okay, let's replace the production manager and free you up to spend more of your time on the, on the software right. and the engineering. And we haven't actually done that yet, but we've identified a guy. So yeah. it looks like we'll get that done. It, but we use the chart to cat Because if you don't have a chart and you say, well, I need this today and I need that tomorrow. Whatever the tyranny of the urgent is for that day, if you're mm-hmm. having problems because that day a bunch of trucks went out and had to come back because they didn't have a complete load. Yeah. Well, I need a shipping clerk. (laughs) Well, the next day the problem is everything's hung up in engineering. Yeah. Well, I need a new engineer. Next day it's on CNC machinery and cutting some parts and things like, well, I need a CNC guy. Well, when you look at it on an org chart, uh, which we haven't even described how to build yet, (laughs) but when you look at them on an org chart, you can rationally think it through and say, I need to take my name out of that box. Right. Uh, I can find them. They're the least expensive replacement, and it would ref- free up the most of my time. You can make that decision and then go for it. Yeah. So your idea of it's a picture of what the company looks like when it's finished, or the yeah when, when it never gets finished, but is great, and you can look at that map, that visual map, and mm-hmm. say, Wow, if I replace that position, yeah, uh, which we'll talk about what you know about the position if you have an org chart. But if I replace that position, then I will free up this amount of time at this cost and then I can move on to free up the next, you know, marketing sales, things like that.
1: Right. Yeah. The alternative to an org chart is always just a guessing game. It's unclear. And you're just it's trying to figure... whatever's bugging you today. whatever is on the, the, the plate today. Whatever is right. in front of you, that's what you're going to try to make your decisions off of and it's it's not clear and it just leads to a guessing game and ultimately that's where you make mistakes that's where you fail that's where you're not optimizing yourself and your business for growth for reaching your vision well you're not you're not operating off a plan yeah exactly and it's it's a part it's the org chart is
0: a is an important part of a plan now i used an example there that most is a little obscure It might not appear to people that you can use it to find your time and make your next best hire exactly but there are a lot of other reasons to use an org chart, and, but maybe we ought
1: to go into say, what it, how, do, how do you build an org how chart? Do you what build is it? it? So, we, we have, I think, our first four episodes, I believe, I can't remember, are the four areas of business. Right. Maybe it's the first five. We have an overview and then we go into each area. And those are the functions, the four functions of business. And that really makes this whole process a lot easier.
0: Well, your org chart, 100%. Yeah is divided by functions in your business, not by people. We're back to Wanda again. If Wanda does all those things, then her name's in five boxes.
1: Well, and that's that's organized by role, I would say. Function, just so that it's clear, you know, if you have guiding the business, getting the business, doing the business, administering the business, those are the functions. Rather than trying to come up with this org chart that's completely clear and, you know, has great vertical and horizontal reach, in, in all of those areas just break it down into each individual area so let's just focus on the usually the production the doing the business is going to be your biggest um, org chart biggest function in your company maybe maybe usually I, I feel yeah. like you're gonna have the most hires there and if that's the case start there and then figure out the roles that fall underneath that function
0: all right well let's let's back up just a little bit just people visually uh, in your mind's eye what this org chart looks like. At a bare minimum, it has four boxes. Yep. There's one box that's up above, and it's guiding the business. It's the CEO, CEO, it's the chief officer, it's the president, it's the owner, whatever you want to call it. But there's somebody who whose main role is guiding the business. Okay. Then below that, and maybe on a horizontal line, you have to have the other three functions. Right. Uh, getting the business, which uh, you could call the chief marketing officer or chief right. sales officer. Chief There's Revenue Officer. Chief CRM. Revenue Yeah, that's what, in marketing agencies. Yeah. Or at least one, anyway. <laughs> uh, you have guiding, or uh, Chief Marketing Officer, then you would have Chief Operating, operating. Officer, which is COO. Production. And then CFO, Chief Financial Officer, mm-hmm. which is Administrative. So, you have to cover all four of those. Yeah. I see a lot, as a matter of fact, marketing is one where I see a lot of org charts. People put them out. They completely... It's just all about operations. Mm -hmm. There's no administration, there's no leadership, and there's no, I mean, there is sub-level leadership. And surprisingly, in a marketing agency, a lot of the marketing agencies I see don't have marketing in there. (laughs) They don't tell you how they get their business. they just operations. Exactly. But your org chart has to have all four of those areas. Mm -hmm. It has to have guiding the business, has to have getting the business, have to
1: get uh, doing the business, and administering. So that's where you start. So then if you have your operations function, you're doing the business function, figure out what roles you have in your company to do the business. We're not talking about admin where you have payroll and tax and insurance and legal. Don't focus on that just yet. Just focus on the operations aspect and get all of your roles in there. You know, maybe you've got project managers, you've got people on your crew, you've got drivers, um, you know, whatever it is that you have in your operations, put those roles in there and just if just one area not going to have that great clerk, office manager, who also does billing, right? You want to have one role. So a billing, well, for operations, it's going to be you have the driver. Then you've got- Well,
0: literally in in operations, uh, in construction, uh, typically you might have an estimator. Right. Okay. Uh, That would be under the chief operating officer, but separate from the project manager. They talk to each other, but they're not above or below each other. Then you have a a supervisor. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you have a crew, crew lead, mm-hmm. and then you have technicians. Yep. I mean, and here's an important point. If you have 40 crews, <laughs> 160 guys, that's not 40 nope. boxes and 160 boxes below it. Nope. Well, it is one time. It, there's one box for project manager. You can have as many project managers as you want, and then you have one box below project manager, perhaps, if that's how you organize, that's a supervisor and then one for text, you know, and maybe you have different kinds of text, but right. you don't have to have one for each, each and every person single one. per position.
1: Otherwise it's too big, it gets confusing. You know, you're constantly removing boxes because people are getting fired or you're changing positions, whatever it is, just have it clear with just, this is a role on the team. Then you can, inside that box later on, you can put people's names if they're doing that. And we'll talk about that in a little bit so you should have just a box for every single role in operations then you can go and do admin and you can do the same thing there's a there's a box for billing for tax for insurance for legal whatever you have on your admin side then you can go and do your sales and marketing you know maybe you've only got a couple people there maybe you have nobody right but you still need the role
0: that's an important uh, point that you make uh, on legal you said and then also maybe on marketing Right. You may not have it a It Doesn't person. have to be an employee. Exactly. It can be filled with a subcontractor, mm-hmm. or your attorney role can be filled with. what you, nobody thinks of their attorney as a subcontractor, but they really are. They don't work for you uh, directly as employees, but you've got a name in that box. Your CPA. Mm-hmm. So you've you've got those positions because those functions have to. Happen. Yeah, they happen in your business. Somebody's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so you map out who that somebody is. Right. And we go back to Wanda again. Um, if Wanda does five positions under admin, mm-hmm. reception, bookkeeping, purchasing, and freight. Those are four. separate roles. They are separate roles, but Wanda's not. Na- if you need it. I mean, you might have uh, office admin and their responsibility is everything to do with bookkeeping, which mm-hmm. includes payroll and so on. If that's how you organize, then that's that's how they do it. Uh, if it gets so big that payroll is unwieldy and HR, let's say, is unwieldy, mm-hmm. then you move it out and create a separate box and say, we need a position for that, either hired uh, as a W-2 or as a subcontractor or consultant, but we need that separate from, from
1: the bookkeeper. The bookkeeper is no longer HR. Right. So, you- and so w- once you have all of these, these roles in each of the areas, it's important to note that this isn't just your company today if if you are forward thinking most entrepreneurs are and they have a lot of ambition and they're you know having ideas all the time you really want to build out your org chart to represent your company when it is quote-unquote finished maybe that's 10 years from now 20 years whatever it is but the ideal company that you can think of today what are all the roles that you want to have in place right right and so if you're you know maybe you're a Contractor that's doing service work, but you also want to get into maybe some new construction or retrofitting work Then you would you would even build out the org chart to represent all the different areas that you would like to be in And that you're hoping to grow into and what that allows you to do is it gives you that That visual of your vision not just a vision statement But a, a roadmap of what that vision looks like whenever we finally fill it out and so you have your once you do have all of your boxes for each role in your company and you figured out the who goes above who, you know, you've got vertical versus horizontal, I and mean, that's a whole other topic that we can talk about with the strategy behind that. But once you do have that org chart, there's a few things that we wanna do to make sure that we're getting the most out of it. And so one thing that you can do is center around systems. For each of these boxes that you have on there, for each role, we wanna use those boxes to create our systems. So if we have office manager or billing, for example, We want to list out all of the different tasks and responsibilities that that role has. And then once you have those tasks and responsibilities, that gives you a really clear roadmap for where you need to build systems. So for each of those responsibilities, each of those tasks, a system needs to be made for how do we execute that task and complete uh, that responsibility for that role. So if you do that for every single role, which is a, a lot of work, right? But if you do that for every single role, now when you go to hire somebody for that role, you've now got a job description already written because you have their roles and responsibilities and how they're going to execute it and what skills you need because it's very clear for you, and so it makes it you, so you much also easier have a moving curriculum
0: forward. Curriculum for for training exactly,
1: uh, and there there are a
0: number that. Those are important reasons to have one. I, I say it. It's a place to accumulate systems. Right. And I know that people are freaking out listening about this. Oh, yeah, as soon as I get all – because I've sat with people when they try to do this. <laughs>
1: it's a lot of and, work.
0: And, well, it, it comes back to the confusion enters. But if you just, again, start thinking about the functions. And if you take a project manager, let's say, as a function, right. and uh, people can sit and look at, well, a project manager has to do. Customer relations, and he has he or she has to order maybe parts, or maybe they don't order parts. So they start breaking it all down. And you can break project manager down into a lot of different areas. Yeah. But it's your company. We're calling it a project manager. Yes. This is what I'm going to do in my company yep. today. Then you write, uh, as you said, to accumulate systems, bullet points of the things that the exactly. project manager has to do. You don't have to write them all out into no, it's just systems. Bullet points. But bullet points is... If you have an org chart, and beneath the boxes on the org chart, you have bullet points of what that person is responsible for, and I'm going to use accounting because, so you've got a bookkeeper, and they're responsible for payroll, they're responsible for sending invoices, they're responsible for receiving payments, they're responsible for entering bills, they're responsible for paying bills. Just those things are bullet points beneath that position. Mm-hmm. I haven't told anybody how to do it yet, <laughs> No. but I have those bullet points. Project manager... Is responsible uh, for shepherding for scheduling jobs for making sure that the job moves through the production plant or being aware of it that's he or she's the champion of that Uh, contacting the customer making sure the parts get delivered anyway just bullet points under project manager chief marketing officer is uh, responsible for social posts uh, for the website maintenance yep so you just once you have an org chart written out by appropriate levels of function and you put bullet points of the things that box is responsible for you are in the top 2% of all businesses in the world i promise you oh, yeah. it doesn't happen until you find the need and when it does it's transformative yeah and there's another thing you know you're talking about the benefits of doing it it's a picture it allows you to as we saw in the example Find a way forward mm-hmm. to make up to make up time. Not just how you felt that day, but a planned method to move forward. But there's more than that. It's it also enables your people to see where they stand. Right. One of the main reasons you don't want to make an org chart. I promise you, people listening don't want to do it, is because they're gonna. Bill's gonna see that Bob's his boss. Yeah. And he's not gonna like it. Well, <laughs> how did you get in that position in the first place? And I've had a I had a call in the last two weeks. Well, it's less than that. Saying, you know, it's crazy around here. I've got a rule that nobody can tell anybody how much they make. Well, first of all, that's not legal. You can't do that. Right. Uh, They can freely talk about what they make. But why do you not want somebody to know what somebody else makes? It's because you hired one guy one day and you felt one way and you paid this. You hired another guy doing the same job or very similar job and you paid him this Mm -hmm. because you, more or less, because you thought you needed to pay more to get somebody or you. Well, whatever it is, there's no plan or action or system at all. So you got all kinds of payrolls out there and you don't want people to find out
1: mm-hmm. because
0: you can't justify it. Yeah. An org chart enables you to justify it. Yep. If we go to the project manager and below that, you have a job supervisor and then you have a crew chief and then you have a technician. Yep. You know, just for throwing numbers out. Well, technician, what do I got to do to be a crew chief? <laughs> well, you got to know this many more things. Yep. And if I become a crew chief, how will it benefit me? Well, technician pays between 15 dollars an hour. Crew chiefs twenty five dollars an yeah. hour. Supervisors fifty thousand a year. Uh, good project managers ninety thousand a year. Right. Well, they can see a way forward, mm-hmm. and they can see that. That doesn't mean, by the way, that if they learn all the things that a if a supervisor learns everything, a project manager knows that he that he or she automatically becomes a project manager. No, there has to be an opening. Right. But. You also can see your way forward. What do I need to learn to advance? And if I advance, what will I get? Absolutely. And that's just...
1: Makes a huge difference as an, a difference it, as an employee. It doesn't exist
0: in small business. It, I mean, I can find you an example or two that do, but it just doesn't exist.
1: And it means a lot as an employee when you know, like everybody wants to grow. Good, I mean, people that are that you want to be hiring want to grow. They're ambitious and they want to be improving in their life. They want to see that they're accomplishing goals and making progress and so if you're able to give them a clear picture of what growth looks like that's so important another thing that you can do that I that I would recommend doing as you have these roles uh, figured out in these, these boxes is start to put names inside of these boxes with your current company like for example most CEOs or owners of their company are not just going to be in that CEO role they're also just like you gave the example with Bob earlier. He's filling out all of the the billing, the the HR, the taxes, the insurance, and he's over all of those different things. And it's at small companies, it's the same thing for hires. They're not just fitting one box. They're going to be doing multiple things. The project manager might also be the crew chief, you know, and right. the supervisor. And so you're going to put all, their names in all of these different boxes. And what that's going to allow you to do is see have a clear picture of man, here's where, how much everybody is taking on. And then you're going to be able to show them whenever they're exhausted, hey, well, the reality is you're doing this much right now and you're helping us out a lot. And what would be the most helpful to take off your plate, project manager? That's our next hire. And now that's going to free you up to do X, Y, Z. And if you are showing people as well, not just their path forward, but all the different responsibilities they're taking on, it makes more sense to them about all the things that they're learning and how great of an opportunity it is to work for you because I'm not just fitting the project manager box I'm getting experience here and I'm not just a technician I'm getting experience in these two areas as well and now I can see oh well I could grow on this path down this way to be project manager I could grow on this path to be more of a you know office person uh, but if you can fill in those names it really helps bring some clarity not just for you but for your employees what I also recommend is a lot of guys out there have really great employees that they trust, that have been there for for years, that you can tell they're either a lifer or they're here for the next 10, right? Consult those people. Ask them what their opinion is on the org chart as you're working on it. They're gonna have some ideas that you may not. They're gonna help you if if you're stuck in a rut building this because it does take time and a lot of thought, they're gonna help you see some clear paths. If you're making sure that you're getting all the right responsibilities listed out for each role, they can help you with that. You don't have to do that on your own. You can say, "Hey, list out for me everything that you've done the past month." Now you've got your bullet yeah. point list. Need you tell them why? <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, tell because... them why, and that that goes to the next point. As we've got some equipment moving in the background, um, that comes to the next point of if you are also bringing in people to help with the uh, your org chart but also to show them the path forward for themselves and the growth opportunities there and all the roles that they're filling out. A level of trust just increases automatically. You know, it's, it's after just- After you tell them why. Because when you, you go out why. to
0: somebody and say, tell me everything you did in the last
1: month, the no. first thing to their mind is, <laughs> what the hell? No, you know? but if you're including your employees in that process, there's just a level of trust and um, a level of certainty that they feel and inclusion that makes them want to stick around that makes them feel like they're a part of something bigger than just a job makes them feel like they're a part of the vision that you have on that piece of paper um yeah another thing that i also recommend that's helpful for me is putting ranges of salaries for each of these roles it may not be perfect and then maybe that's not something that you're sharing all the time but just to give yourself a better picture of wow what does it look like when we're complete you know Put some salary ranges on there. Also, when you're hiring, it's not a guessing game now. It's like, well, this is what that role makes. Um, And people can see that clearly. If they want a promotion, then they're going to be bumped up to this salary, but they've got to learn these things. And it it just really helps you understand the inputs to your business, not just the output. What I mean by that is, you know, if you think of a, we all have to-do lists, right, where we write down everything that we want to get done. There's 25 items per day, and we get to five of them. Well, the reason that is is because we're writing down the outputs right we're not considering the input and our input for our to-do list is time to do the tasks and so if we can put down time stamps of okay we have these 25 tasks here's how long each one takes we'll quickly realize oh we don't have that time or if we go a step further and we actually look at our calendar today and see how much time we have in the day to do these tasks we realize wow i can only do three of these because we're considering the inputs that are necessary to do the output. Well, the same thing happens with an org chart. If you have the salary, and then you also have, put it on each role, and then you also have the names that are going into each box, you start to realize, wow, Bob can't do 10 roles. That's not realistic. No wonder he's burnt out. No wonder things are you know, not working out properly and we're missing jobs or things are behind schedule, whatever it is. And if you start to look at those inputs of not just you know the boxes on the pages but the people filling the boxes and then how much money it's going to take to fill those boxes mm-hmm. you really quickly realize what's reality versus what's just you know you're trying to make happen that's not going to work so look at the input, inputs versus the outputs which is those salaries and the talent that you actually have the the manpower that you have right now yeah there's uh we're,
0: we're out there a little bit what I really want people to do is sit down and try to write one out yeah and and uh, in passing real quickly there are levels in an org chart mm-hmm. uh, you'll see some people that are completely horizontal in other words one line well f- that's called a flat organization maybe there's one CEO and then everybody else is equal we can, we can talk about that but generally two or three levels maybe four levels mm-hmm. but I want to talk about the lines. When somebody's above somebody else, there's a vertical line that goes down to that person or to a horizontal line with a bunch of people on it. A vertical line does not mean, in other words, if my box is a vertical line above your box, does not necessarily mean that I can fire you or reprimand you or give you a raise or take your money away or do any of that. But it does show, essentially, that I will guide your actions and would be most likely the person to do your performance review, okay? So that's one thing. That's what those vertical lines mean. It doesn't mean that you can fire the person below or the person above you can fire you directly. Then there's really not be a whole bunch of horizontal lines. Uh, There are lines that connect the level of their organization, but I've had people give it a shot, making an org chart, and there'll be a whole lot of lines like uh, Bob has to turn his expense receipts to Wanda back in billing. (laughs) So they draw a curvy line with an arrow showing he's got... No. Don't worry about that. <laughs> no, that's a process. That's something he has to do. He, yeah, that's part of his job is to turn in his receipts. But you don't draw much That's lines. more of a flow chart than an organization. It's a flow chart of, of, of the processes. But right. people get confused. So in giving it a shot, remember, your guide, get, do and administer. If you haven't covered all four of those, then you don't have a complete org chart. Yeah. Right? Uh, Fewer the boxes, the better generally. You Mm -hmm. don't need a box for each person. If five people do the same function, that's just one box, okay? Mm -hmm. And then uh, begin to accumulate. You can take one function, like bookkeeping, and say, I've got an accounts receivable clerk. That's a box. I've got an accounts payable clerk. That's a box. I've got a banking clerk. That's a box if that's the way it works in your company and you really have all those people and those functions that's fine but you can also accumulate those functions in one sure. that's called a bookkeeper right you know so you have to think about your company and think about the functions that you perform in your company and a place to start is just write them down
1: yeah i mean if you're list.
0: driving around in your truck Who's going to do what you're doing right now if you replace yourself? Maybe you're going to the bank. Maybe you're going to the lawyer. Maybe you're going to the job site. Maybe you're making a sales call. Maybe you're doing a bid. Who's going to do that? Those are all functions. Right. You're if you're small, may, and you're the owner, maybe you're doing all of those. But give it a shot where you begin to write out the organization, the functions of your organization, and then put them in a chart, uh, accumulated in appropriate you know, like the bookkeeping thing is that an appropriate level of work mm-hmm. for one person to do in your company. If it's not, you gotta have two people. Okay. Yeah. The benefits, you know, as we've, we've already seen of doing it are it's the place to accumulate systems, it's how, to, how you begin to get organized. All systems, mm-hmm. whenever you write them, you don't just create a file and drive and say, well here's how you change, here's our maintenance, Here's how the salesman tells the project manager that you sold a job. Here's how the project manager or the purchasing agent knows I'm supposed to buy some stuff for that job. I mean, you do all these things. You do them right now.
1: Yeah.
0: How's it going to happen if you're not doing them? And there should be a process for each one of those. And those processes go under the box of the person who does that. Okay. So they're a place to accumulate systems. They're a map of the future that inform you in how to begin to fill in and grow your business to what your plan is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they enable people to see uh, a way forward in the business. Yeah. Uh, and they enable you, as in a story uh, with my two clients, to find a way to recover your time. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a map forward. And it's worth the effort to sit down and give it a shot.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, it's it's uh, it's totally worth it. I mentioned it's a living, breathing document earlier. It's something that you should not necessarily go and change all the boxes all the time. Please don't do that. Maybe you add a box, maybe you take one away because you have a realization one day. But it's a living, breathing document because people will take on new roles. You'll hire new people, and they need to fit the boxes. And it's something that you should be looking at and constantly trying to change. Who's fitting inside of the boxes? Whether that's you and getting rid of something whether that's a new uh, or a hire that's been promoted to take on a new role but that's how it's living and breathing right. um yeah so i guess our one thing martin it's go and make an org yeah. chart and we have an yes. example one that you can look at that'll hopefully make it a little bit more clear and bring a visual to what we've been describing today that's in the show notes that you can click on and download um but yeah just go and separate your business by the four areas and then start putting some boxes down of each role right Right. so hope that this was helpful if you have questions we'd be happy to uh, to answer them and you can find our contact information in the show notes also this is our second time to actually record this right martin right yeah we had a, a technical failure one of the guys in our road chart screwed up <laughs> uh yeah good times so this is the second time it's on video this one's being this one's on youtube right so you didn't
0: tell me that i would have combed my hair or oh,
1: tie. Yeah. <laughs> so ho- hopefully it goes well, and you can catch it on YouTube. Uh, we'll be having some clips up there shortly, uh, so hopefully you can check those out. Then also follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, LinkedIn. We're putting out really good content, lots of resources and tools that you can use to find less stress, more time, and more money as a contractor. Um, I think that's it, Martin. Just gonna say one other thing. Go ahead. It, the org chart is foundational.
0: Absolutely. To systemizing and organizing your business and finding your way out. It's just, it's worth the time to do it. It may not be obvious, but it is. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Take the time to do it. Well, appreciate your time, Martin. Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to The Cash Flow Contractor.
1: Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.